Um, so first and foremost, I would say um, that vision, goals, roles, expectation type of thing, like I always tell people before you even post on social media, like that has to be your foundation. Like what is the vision? What's the heart? What's the buy-in for your team? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm your co-host, Aaron Magnuson, not joined today by my other co-host, Nils Smith, but I am joined today by one of our Social Media Church Conference speakers. And I'm so excited to have a conversation with the speaker. This was one of uh, the speakers that got such a great response from those of you that attended. And I also want to let you know that we launched something recently called Social Media Church Partners. And if you're not on our email list, go to our website, socialmedia.church, get on our email list, and you can sign up right now by going to socialmedia.church slash partners. We are creating a community of people uh, who are learning all together, partners, emphasis on the partners, how to grow their church's ministry and impact on social media. And one of the things that we learned heavily during the pandemic is that we need each other, that we're not churches competing against each other, but we are actually learning from each other so that we can reach the ends of the earth with the gospel. And we wanted, Nils and I wanted to create a community of partners where we're doing that intentionally and in a focused way at an affordable price. So go check that out, socialmediachurch.partners, or excuse me, socialmedia.church slash partners. My goodness. Uh, it is time for me to stop talking and it is time for you guys to be introduced uh, or reintroduced for some of you who attended the conference to Brianna Zananiri, who is one of the social media managers or maybe the social media manager at Sunday Social. Uh, Brianna, uh, welcome to the podcast. I would just love it if you introduce yourself uh, to our audience or for some of them, reintroduce yourself. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Um, just to clarify, I am the social media the, manager. I love it. And Joe, just like <laughs> leave it all up to me. They're super great. But yeah, my name is Brianna. Um, I am currently in Fort Worth, Texas. We just, me and my husband just moved here about a month and a half ago. But prior to that, I lived in San Antonio for about 13 years where I went to college, graduated with a communications degree. Um, when I graduated, social media actually was just kind of evolving, but it was more for personal use, like churches, yeah. businesses, they weren't really on. And so I actually wanted to be um, a reporter. So I went to school for that, did some internships, uh, was with the ABC affiliate there for a few years, and then got to intern with the broadcasting uh, department with the Spurs, and that was really fun. But during that, I got saved and the Lord called wow. me to ministry. Yeah, it's crazy because I spent so many years like just working to becoming, you know, this journalist and, you know, made a whole bunch of connections. And then God was kind of like, okay, you know, I, I got to let you experience that. And then, you know, now I'm bringing you into ministry. And so it had never been a thought in my mind, but, um, 
before moving here, I was at a church called Grace Avenue Church and was on staff there for about four years and got approached to lead um, our social media team back in 2017. And so didn't have any school experience with it, just, you know, just from personal use. And so had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And within those couple of years, we evolved from the social media team um, to the media team. And so added a whole bunch of people. Um, it was, it was really fun. It was a lot of trial and error, which is why I am so passionate about, um, teaching people how to become, you know, better leaders for their team and, or how to build their team. And so currently, yes, currently I am the social media manager for Sunday social among some other things that I do for them. Um, I've been on that team since 2019 and the guys are so great. I've enjoyed working with them. And then I also project manage for um, a company called Digital Napkin. And uh, that is with Alejandro Reyes, which some of yes. you guys might be familiar with. And Resident yes, expert so here on the podcast. We yeah, love he's Alejandro. Like a yeah, he's a marketing guru. And so we get to work with some really awesome people like Theosu, Carrie Newhawk, Christine Kane, um, and Creator Hillsong. Uh, some of their guys just came out with Creator. So really cool stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, I did not know the piece uh, about you working uh, with and for the Spurs uh, and working around the team and doing some of those sorts of things. Uh, that's great on two levels. One, uh, I just I am a sports fanatic, so I love sports uh, with a bent towards football. Uh, but Nils is a massive Spurs fan, and when Jay Cranda used to be the host of this podcast, uh, Nils and Jay would get into it because Nils is a massive Spurs fan and Jay is a Lakers fan. Uh, and so, and I think, uh, when I was looking at your Instagram, uh, your husband is an Orlando magic fan. Uh, yes, is that right? Okay. Yes, Cause he's not yeah. even there, but he said he liked Tracy McGrady. So. Okay. There you go. There you go. Uh, I guess, I guess we'll forgive him for that. Um, but yeah, so, so go Spurs. This, this is, uh, now a Spurs podcast. Um, so, uh, but that's, what's that? Who's your football team? Oh, okay. So great question. So I played football at Oregon State University. So my college team is Oregon State. Uh, and then I, I grew up a Denver Broncos fan because growing up in Oregon, we don't have a professional team. So I am a Blazer fan. So if we are talking NBA, I'm a Blazer fan, Lillard time all the time. Um, and, uh, and so we grew up a Denver Broncos household because uh, my parents had lived in uh, Denver for a little bit of time. And now since moving down here to LA, uh, I, and one of my friends that I played with at Oregon state, uh, Johnny Hecker is the punter for the Rams. And so I am, uh, we're, we're a Rams, uh, family here. We're a Ramley, uh, down in Los Angeles, but there's lots of teams that I track cause I have, uh, former teammates and players on, on the different teams. But, um, cool. I also have friends who are do media for teams as well. And so I'm, I'm curious, um, bringing this back to you, Brianna, what, um, uh, what did you learn in in your time with the Spurs uh, before we dive into all of the things you learned about team building, uh, media, social media? What what were some of those things that you grasped in that world that God graciously let you walk through before he <laughs> called you into ministry? And even um, it sounds like you had a salvation experience uh, yeah. around there as well. What what was what was some of that like before we dive into uh, the Brianna that we know today? Yeah. So one of the first things that I learned or never knew was just how much actually goes into 
mm. broadcasting a game. I mean, there's so many pieces uh, that go into it. I mean, literally, I think games start around 7.30 and we'd get there like around one. And so the crew would wow. set up for it. You have like your director, your producer. Um, there was a few times I got to work the ticker, which was fun. And that's like um, the score at the bottom. So that was oh, really wow. cool to do. Got to do some stage managing uh, with, with Sean Elliott. So that was wow. really cool. But I think one of the biggest things I learned, oh yeah, I, I got to be there for like NBA finals on the court, got to like oh, meet Grant Hill, Isaiah so Thomas, cool. you know, Chris Weber, all those guys. So um, yeah, wow. my, my glory days. Uh, but I also learned how to yeah. work in a very fast paced environment, you know, cause things are constantly moving during that time, which mm -hmm. I could say relates to social media. Social media is constantly changing. It's constantly going. And yes. so you kind of just have to roll with it. So that was one thing I learned. And then wow. I think another thing too, was just, you get out what you put into it. And so I was just there like every day wanting to do everything. Um, and so I really learned like the value of like hard work. And so just a great experience. <laughs> wow. It, it really is. And to do it and to see something at that high of a level, uh, you can't help but have that impressed upon you. And then you carry those things with you uh, into settings, some smaller settings, uh, some equally as large settings, but a different context. Because um, I for sure know some churches that uh, like a transformation church that has massive production uh, and they understand that. But then other churches... Um, that are maybe in a smaller setting trying to figure out, well, I can't be that. So does that mean I can't do it at all? Uh, and the answer yeah. to that is no. Uh, there there are ways to adapt to the scale at which you can produce media, put things out into the world on social media. And so I, I'm curious, uh, Brianna, what did you bring into the church? Uh, what was that process like? And where did you even start? You kind of Pandora's box got opened. You saw like the highest of the high millions upon millions of viewed uh, media. And then you have to go into a church context. What, what, what was that transition? Like, what was that process like? And where did you start? Yeah, it was it was really different. Um, I actually started when I got to that church, I started on the welcome team. I started leading the welcome awesome. team. Um, I actually had never been a leader before. And so when they asked me to lead, I was like, are you sure you have the right person? Um, right. So yeah, so I actually started with the welcome team. And then from there, it kind of went into the front of house. And um, they had one girl, I think, running social media at the time. And so not mm -hmm. a whole lot of production. And so when I came in, I kind of was like, hey, you should pick up the camera and do this and do that. And just, you know, kind of started throwing ideas here and there. And then in 2017, they were actually like, okay, you always have a lot of input and ideas as far as like production and social yeah. go, like we're ready to like hand that to you. And so again, I had no experience in it other than just, you know, what I do on my own social media. Yep. And so it was a lot of um, research and looking at what other churches were doing. But again, that kind of, you know, looking back as a leader, that was kind of one, one of those things that I learned where um, every church is different. And just because, mm -hmm. you know, this church is doing this, this church is doing that, doesn't necessarily mean that your congregation needs that. And so that's yes. a big lesson I learned as a leader, but it was a lot of, yeah, just research and, you know, some of the trends that other big churches were paving the way. And then from there, 
you know, the team started growing. And so I was like, okay, well, the way I work as a one person team isn't going to work once I start adding people. So it was constantly just having to update, you know, workflows and the way we communicate and the way we post that way we can start to get more people involved on the team. Wow. Yeah. I love, I love what you said about just, you identified gaps and you didn't keep that to yourself. You pointed it out in a helpful way and an and in an empowering way, uh, encouraging others, Hey, let's try this. Let's, I've seen this done. Let's experiment with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and before we dive into like, how did you start finding team members? Uh, I even wanted to call out, I thought it was awesome that you were like even playing things out down the road, uh, which is a sign of a great leader. I'm sure somebody, uh, saw something in you called that out and like this lady needs to be head of our welcome team, uh, which is really cool. And if you are a pastor or a leader, uh, in this, listening to this podcast, make sure you're looking for those people and it, they might not be serving in that spot right now. Um, but there are skills and there are things that you can learn about them where it's like, Oh, I had no idea you had a background in media. Would you, you should try this out. So as a leader, be inquisitive, uh, be curious, uh, and always have your eye out for talent, even if they're doing something different than what you need, maybe need, uh, someone to fill a gap in. Uh, and always be looking in those ways with those lenses. Um, but I am, I'm curious, Brianna, um, when you got in there and you were kind of uh, showing people and encouraging people a new way of doing things uh, before you identified the need uh, for a team, you're kind of thinking down the road. Um, you talked about looking at other churches and I'm sure part of that was to get a flavor and a feel of, well, what do churches do on social media? What does that look like? Uh, getting some ideas, but I get the sense in there that there was something that happened to you, maybe a story or maybe um, a season, something happened where you, it wasn't just learning. There was like, oh, this is the this is the uh, equation or this is the sauce or this is the secret thing. And you found out, oh, it's actually, maybe it is for them, but it's not for us. I It's so important that we don't copy and that we are the individuals that God's called us to be and that we are the churches as individual churches that God has called our unique church to be. So I'm curious uh, if you, if there is a learning lesson in there that you could just expound upon just for a minute or two for our listening audience, that it's actually not about copying what Elevation does, what Life Church does, what Transformation Church does, what my church does here uh, in LA or uh, even a different church around the world but really figuring out who am I and who is God calling my church to be uh, for us? Yeah, I don't know if it's maybe a particular story I can think of, but I think it was Mm -hmm. just more so like as a leader, just like, you know, feeling that pressure to like keep up with what everyone else is doing and then just kind of doing a self-examination and just being like, um, we probably don't have um, the team that, let's say, an elevation does yes. have or a transformation. Like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure their team is large. And so it almost feels like we're having to keep up. But then I'm like burning out my team for trying to keep up. And so I think it was yes. just more of like a self-examination wow. type of thing. And then also, again, um, when I led the media team, I reported straight to my pastor. And so there was regular check-ins to where he talked about, you know, what he was loving, what we might want to stay away from, wow. or, you know, what he was really feeling the Lord was speaking to him about the church. And so I think also just um, you want to echo what your pastor is preaching again, so because 
what the other churches um, are doing might not be what your congregation needs. And so it was just really like shifting my perspective and being like, okay, how can we build a community online? How can we serve our church better? And I think that probably hit maybe the most like during the pandemic, because again, it was almost like starting the team all over again because it was like, yeah. okay, what are churches gonna do now? Like who's gonna pave the way? What what's gonna be trendy? Like so again, it was like having to research all over again and then being like, okay, but what does our church need in this yes. season? That's yeah. so, so good. That's yeah. yeah, just constantly um doing like a self check and just being like, yeah. okay, is this are we hitting the vision? Are we hitting the goals? Is this where the team needs to be? So Yes. And, and getting that vision from the visionary of the church, the lead pastor, yeah. and making mm-hmm. sure that social media is reflective of where are we going as a church and having those regular meetings might be something to think about for some of you uh, who are listening, a good rhythm to implement. And if, based on how you're describing that, it sounds like that was an empowering conversation. That wasn't uh, like a, a, a limiting conversation for what you were trying to do and where you were trying to help your team grow. And even creatively, it was just, it was kind of a 30,000 foot view conversation. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And it was great. Like I said, we would check in regularly to do that. And so if you're in that position and maybe you don't have that uh, access, or maybe you don't have um, that time where you can meet with your pastor, um, the leader, whoever you report to, I just think it's always good to check in and just make sure that, you know, your, your team is hitting the mark or you're hitting the mark on social media. For sure. So for some of us, it's one person doing this right now, or there's nobody doing it. And so we've kind of addressed, Hey, uh, this is how you start to identify some of those people. They might not be on that team. Um, but for other people, it's just one person. It's like, I can only do so much because, and I can relate to the burnout that you're talking about because I'm just one person. Where did you start in building a team? Where, where did you look for people? Just that whole process of starting to build a team speak to that person right now. Yeah. Um, I wish I could say that prayer <laughs> was my first was my first go to, so and so that's another lesson I learned as a leader is that prayer needs mm. to be your first response. Um, but I kind of looked at around the church, and I was like, okay, who has an interest in social media? Who maybe does it well? Um, and so I had a friend who was just wanted to pick up the camera like as a hobby, and so I was like, hey, you can be on the team. I need someone to help with like photos. And so she was just beginning out too. Um, and there was another girl who was a friend of mine who kind of, you know, she did social media well personally. And so I was like, hey, join the team. And so it was more kind of like a, a scouting at first to see like yep. who had skill, who maybe had a hidden talent um, that I didn't know about. And mm-hmm. then as we started growing, I was like, okay, God, that's when I was like, all right, praying, like highlight someone to me. Cause like you said earlier, you don't necessarily have to look for skill. Like if someone is teachable and they are ready to say yes, and they want to serve any way they can, then that's already a, a great person to start with because they have you know, a servant's heart and are willing to put the work in and they want to learn. And so I would definitely just echo what you said, like, don't ever count someone out just because maybe they don't have a background in that area. That's really good and really important. Yeah. (laughs) And some of you need to hit the 30 second back button twice and just listen to that again. Uh, Really important that as we are equipping the saints, 
right? We're raising people up to be more of who God has called them to be, sharpening skills that maybe they didn't even know or identify. But yeah, great characteristics are, yeah, that humility, that teachability, that moldability. Uh, and you know it. We, we love interacting with these people. You're probably drawn to these people. It's just making the ask, which, which I am curious about. And that as a leader uh, of volunteers now at two different churches, two different sized churches, uh, one where our church was basically run by volunteers, my church in Oregon, church of 300, met in a middle school, set up teardown every week. Um, and then context here in Southern California, again, working with a team of volunteers uh, online. And so for me, making the ask and making the ask well has been the hardest thing. And that might be a personality thing, but I think other people can relate has been the hardest thing because you say they're no for them. You can't believe somebody would uh, give of their time. How did you go about making that ask so that it elicited a response of, yeah, you know what? I do want to pick up that camera and I do want to take pictures for you. Uh, and oh, I never thought about trying that, but I do want to do that. Was there anything special about the way you asked or was it formal or well laid out? Yeah, I think like you, I have um, a really hard time with confrontation. Um, even if it's like super healthy, I'm just like, I, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, but I think the way that I learned to ask someone, because usually, um, I, I think I mentioned this in the presentation, a lot of times people don't even know that there's a need in the church. If someone walks in right. on a Sunday morning, they're like, oh, everyone's kind of doing their thing. They must have it all together. They must have enough volunteers. There might not be a place for me. And then that's just not true. Like being in the right. church world, we know that we can always use volunteers. And so I think for me, the way um, what helped me to have courage to ask people was having great leaders and mentors. And so if I didn't know how to approach someone, um, I would definitely go to a leader and be like, okay, how did, how, if, when you are in this situation, how do you approach it? How do you go about it? And so I always looked to people who um, have paid the way wow. in the church. And so that would be my biggest advice is if maybe you're struggling go to someone who's already been in that position and, ask them to help you. It, it sounds silly, but yeah, sometimes you do need to be coached on those things. Yeah, absolutely. Was there, um, in, in making the ask, let's see, you figured out how to have that conversation or even approach them. Was there something formal, a job description that you had already, or was it just as simple as, Hey, you have a camera. Uh, why don't you come start taking photos? Cause I have a tendency to be not organized in that way where it's like, Hey, I like, I can identify talent pretty quickly. And it's like, okay, you'd be awesome. You'd be great for the culture. Would love to get you in. And then it's kind of like, but what am I doing? It's like, ah, we'll figure it out as we go, which I'm not recommending that at all. Yeah. Uh, were you a little bit more formal with the ask or did you have kind of like job descriptions, things like that? I think in the beginning, no, I didn't. I was just like trying to get whoever like on the team to build it. But then as I began leading, I was like, oh, especially working with creatives, like you have to be very clear on yes. what their role and what their tasks are, because usually with creatives, like it's their art, you know, it's, it's very yep. different than serving on another team. And so sometimes there would be confusion or people's lanes would, would get um, intertwined. And so I learned that, yes, having job descriptions, roles, expectations, goals for them um, is really helpful because um, you don't want people to have a bad experience on your team because right. I've had that, I've had that before too. And I'm like, shoot, like, you know, as a leader, I feel that weight to want to lead them 
correctly and I, I want to yeah. edify them and help them grow in their gift and how they're contributing to the church. And so I learned that, yeah, it's so important. Like, even if you don't have a videographer right now on your team or you don't have a photographer, I would say like, get those things in place. Like what would be your ideal role for them? What would be the task? You know, what can they expect serving on the team? And so, yes, to answer your question, not in the beginning, but as I continued and like I said, trial and error, I was like, okay, I need to have things in place that people can reference to and just give them a clear lane to yes. run in so they can just take off. Yeah. Very important uh, because when we're serving, we want to make sure that we can identify if we're winning or not. If we're living up to expectations, uh, we just desire that. And that's just important, as important with volunteers uh, as it is with you at whatever your job is. Uh, if you are a pastor, you want to know what that is. If you uh, work outside the church and you're volunteering, you you want to have very similar standards in the volunteering lane uh, as you do at your job. And like you said, that's a, that comes a little bit more naturally. Uh, you're either welcoming people and saying hi, or you're not. Uh, there's, there's a very simple, um, some of the roles are a little bit more straightforward as it pertains to mm -hmm. job description and what success looks like in the creative space. There's a lot of gray area. Uh, and, and for those of you who are creatives listening, you know that. And so helping define that uh, so that there are objective wins instead of just feeling like it's a subjective space all the time uh, is really helpful and really, uh, really good. So, I, yeah, that's that's uh, that's good that you eventually got there. Uh, I have as well. Um, and I've even you know empowered people to uh, help me in that area. Uh, so their mm -hmm. role on my team is the administrative side, uh, which is yeah. lacking. And so being creative that and which brings me actually I, I forgot about this question, but I wanted to make sure and ask you. Sometimes we even have a difficulty in identifying what is something that can be delegated? So I just for the sake of uh, people's creativity listening to this right now, uh, what were some of those roles that you gave away? Because the obvious ones are holding a camera, whether that's photography or videography, getting in uh, a, some sort of editor suite, uh, any like those are the obvious ones posting on yeah. social media. What are what are some of the obvious ones, but also some of the not obvious ones of like, no, we had people on our social media team doing this. Yeah. So, so yeah, so some of the obvious ones, of course, would be people who capture your content. So that would be a yep. photographer, a videographer. We eventually um, started adding editors into it. So they didn't necessarily have to be behind the camera, but they would yep. edit photos for us using our preset or they would edit video. Um, so if you are on social media, um, that was actually really hard. I'm just like pouring out all my, all my laundry, right. As a leader. But another thing I struggled with was, um, control because I had that close proximity with my pastor. I knew what he liked on social media. I knew what words not to use. Um, and so I was just like, okay, but as a leader, I need to replicate myself, you know, if I am the only person doing this task, like I'm not doing anyone else any good. And so if you are a one person team right now, and you do social media, some other tasks that you could begin to start onboarding people would be um, to write captions. Um, I know sometimes I can sit here and writing a caption can take me like 30 minutes long. And so if you can delegate that and at yep. least have someone, you know, write that caption, you could come back and just tweak it. However, um, that would lift the load off of a leader. Um, yes. I would say researching hashtags like that can be time consuming as well. Um, Alejandro actually showed me an article called the hashtag ladder. And so what you do is you have this spreadsheet 
and you get like 60 hashtags. And according to like how many followers you have, you put these hashtags in categories and you kind of track to see um, if it's popular, if it's not. And so I kid you not, that took me a while. And so if you could delegate someone just to researching hashtags for specific posts, whether it's like youth, kids, um, a team night, whatever that looks like, that is a really great role to delegate to someone. Um, Scheduling out posts. Um, I, I used to do this again, um, managing the social media, I would spend one day where I was writing captions and scheduling out posts. But if you already have something in place, that would be another thing you could delegate to someone. And then, uh, lastly, posting on stories. So just because I posted on the main feed on Sundays, I would delegate and have people serving just on stories. And so, so I didn't, I didn't have to worry about that on a Sunday morning. We had someone already doing that. And they would um, collaborate with our photographers and videographers. They would have a shot list for the day so they knew um, what they needed to post. And so those those wow. are a few of maybe not the obvious roles. Yes. And then having wins and definitions of what those roles are and what we're looking for and expectations and uh, how they interact with each other. Uh, that is so good. And that's a lot of different hats. And that's a lot of different people. And when you have these roles, it's great because a lot of people can be involved. But... Sometimes, especially with creatives, and I don't know what it is with creatives, but Mm -hmm. that culture can go south really quickly. And you might be listening to this and you've identified that culture. Uh, Maybe you're in that culture currently, uh, or you remember a time when you were in that culture where it's just, it's not a great place to be. Creativity is not really uh, going off. It's not a place you want to be. Uh, You really just become about, am I doing the wins? Am I doing the bare minimum? Uh, Or you left altogether. I'm curious, how did you retain a good culture and what were some of those things as we're as leaders thinking about building these teams, especially in the creative space, but really this, this would apply to any space that you're building volunteer teams around. How did you retain a good culture that people wanted to be continue being a part of? And even maybe like, Oh, you do that. I want to join that team. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I would say, um, that, vision, goals, roles, expectation type of thing. Like I always tell people before you even post on social media, like that has to be your foundation. Like what is the vision? What's the heart? What's the buy-in for your team? What are you all trying to accomplish? And so if you uh, continually um, pour that into your team, like everyone's going to be on the same page. So that's one way you can maintain culture too is you always want to echo what your pastor is saying so whatever he's preaching from the platform um whatever he's hearing from the lord you want to make sure that you're imparting that Mm -hmm. into your team as well um and then don't wait um to address something when you see misalignment. Oh. So like me and Aaron, people who don't, don't like confrontation, um, you don't wanna wait until something's really bad to confront yes. it. And so if you um, see something that's off, confront it right away. And I say that goes hand in hand with having a relationship with your team. I will say that the media team at my church, it was like the funnest yeah. team I had ever been on. There was no drama, we like, 
all used to hang out outside of church. And so as a leader, it's so important to have a relationship with your team outside of church. Like if they're only hearing from you, like when you yeah. have a task or when you're at church, then, you know, you, you got to change that up because I feel like as a leader, it's so easy. It's easier to confront someone, healthy confrontation when there's oh, a relationship, when there's not a relationship, that's when, you know, people can get offended and they get hurt. But if you have that relationship, they already know where your heart is and where yes. you're coming from. And so I would say those things. For yeah. And, and none of that has to do with the activities or any of the, it, it wasn't about the game. It wasn't about the food that you were eating. It wasn't about the drinks that you were having. It wasn't about the places or restaurants you went to. All of that has to do with like pre-work behind the scenes. Like, do we know each other? Uh, are we doing yeah. life together? Um, can I have this difficult conversation with you because we've laughed and cried together? Uh, and that's just such a great yeah. reminder. Ron Starling was on here. Um, a few episodes ago now. And one of the things that he said uh, about the culture of volunteers is um, that he would always try to figure out they're working for free, but what can I pay them with? Uh, and in, in terms of maybe that is like very practically like a coffee uh, or taking them out to lunch. But what he said that I hadn't thought about that was way more creative is he's like, I am going to make them really good at their skill. So I'm going to uh, uh, help them or connect them with a professional in the space. So if you're volunteering for me, you're going to become a professional photographer. Uh, or if you're mixing or editing this, you're going to learn this skill really well. And some of those skills he had, and he would impart onto them. Um, but just, I, I know for me, I had, until he said that I had never thought about, wow, they're giving me their free time. And I spend a lot of time feeling bad about that, uh, of like, gosh, I can't believe they do yeah. that. But I wasn't thinking, but there are ways to pay them without monetarily paying them. Um, and so as the leaders who are listening to this, just always be thinking about a lot of the great culture has to do with those healthy transactions and even just the simple relational transactions of, I care about you. I care about your kids. I care about the class load that you have this semester. I care about uh, these things and I'm checking in with you on that. That has nothing to do with those rules and those documents and those guidelines that we have for what you're actually trying to accomplish yeah. as a volunteer. I'm curious if there's maybe... Um, specific examples going outside of that practical ways that you get together and made time with volunteers that are already giving you their time, but you also want to make sure that you're taking a little bit more of their time to pour into them, uh, outside of the task oriented world. How did you do that? Well, yeah, so, um, we actually, we used to have, um, like media team oh, barbecues. Cool. And so we did that a few times. Um, and then we even uh, did like a Christmas party where it was like a 90s Christmas party. So like everyone came dressed like in, in you know, their 90s outfit. And so um, I don't yeah. know if that's maybe an obvious way, but we always go together as a team. Of course, one-on-one -on -one would take them the coffees, go to lunch, you know, randomly text yeah. them or call them just to check in like, hey, I'm praying for you or hey, is there anything I can pray for? I think even small things like that go such a long way. I don't know how many times like I picked up the phone just to check in on someone and they were going wow. through something. So even if it's not, you know, spending money, yeah. taking them out, like just small little things like that is really great. But then I would highly encourage like getting together 
all as one and doing something. Yes. Fun Did like you that. ever have, uh, cause and this might be specific to certain people's context, people outside of the physical proximity where it's not like you're going to go over somebody's house. You have to do it on zoom. Have you ever done anything, any cool things with teams on zoom, or maybe it's, it's more of a remote team, uh, in any, yeah. any ideas or thoughts or experiences, uh, with that? Cause there's more than one way to, to accomplish this outside of just physical gathering where you still feel like you're physically together all in the same space. Yeah, I mean, of course, we did it during COVID, and I can't think of that app right now that we used to use. Um, you could like play yes. games on it. Well, there's it one called, called Jackbox. Is it, it Jackbox? Is? Okay, it's where you can play some like actual, like more like it's not board games, but it's more of like game night. But there's another one where it's more like trivia kind of a thing, and you're answering. And I think, well, yeah, oh, I can't think of that app right now, but that was so popular. And so our team would hop on that. And it's not house we would, party, we would is it? Play games. There was one yeah, yeah something like that. Party. It's house. There's there's house I in it in know. the name. Okay. I never got into that. Okay. But you would just hop in there and have a really great hang. Yeah. Yeah, we would. Yeah, we would do stuff like that. Um, I think that's the only yeah. thing we did. But there are ways. Yeah. I bring that up just to say. We did learn a lot of skills during COVID, right? Everybody was forced to figure out how do we do that? Even if we're neighbors, uh, we're not necessarily going over to each other's houses, uh, especially in the thick of the lockdown. But um, there's lots of ways to create that community that's outside of just the tasks that are being accomplished, mm -hmm. especially with creatives. Any, any, I, I want your final thoughts as we kind of wrap up the podcast, but any final thoughts uh, or maybe tidbits that are specific to doing this with creatives versus just any volunteer that's, you know, maybe the welcome team getting together for barbecue. Are there specific things that creatives, especially in 2021, this up and coming generation, are there any specific things that you've seen or noticed? Oh, this goes over really well with them when we're thinking about the cultures that are attractive to them uh, in, in a team context. Um, I would say, um, there's so many resources yeah. out there right now. There's so many Facebook yeah. groups, there's so many conferences. And so I would, um, you know, do that together as a team. I used to always tell my team, like, you know, perfect your yep. craft. So like outside of church, like learn, you know, get into like a master class or ad skills or something yeah. like that to where you can perfect, you know, what it is that you're doing because, um, you know, everything we're doing is, we're, you know, we're serving right. unto the Lord and we're serving our congregation. And so whether that's individually or together, like, let's make sure, um, in a sense, kind yeah. of like we're on our game, not as like pressure, but just wanting to come with with excellence in everything that it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that so good. Do. And and if there's a way that you can invite somebody to do that with you, uh, always do it with a buddy instead of alone yeah. uh, and having that mentality as a, as, as a team culture. That's really, really good. Um, it's funny. Yeah, we, we had all planned to go to like a conference together yes. and then like COVID hit and we're like, well, okay. Totally. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was yeah, I would say that that would be really Yeah, great. doing things together, uh, shoulder to shoulder. That's that's fantastic. Uh, well, as we wrap up, I, I want uh, your, your final thoughts, anything that you want to leave people with as they think about any part of this process of building a volunteer team around media. Yeah, I think just to echo mm -hmm. what I said earlier is just um, – 
pray and ask God to highlight someone so to you. Like that wasn't always my first response. And I wish it was as a leader, but you have no idea, you know, who he would highlight to you. Um, I would say also our greatest commission is to make disciples. So if there's someone you want to invest your time in, there's someone you, you want to disciple, like I would encourage you to be courageous and go make that ask and let them know like, this is more than just me wanting you to serve on the team. Like I really want to invest my time in you and help you grow spiritually. Um, and then I would say um, something else as you're growing your team, when you do get those volunteers, just make it very clear as to what their role is on the team and what serving looks like. Um, there were a few times I had people join the team and they were like, oh, this is very fast paced and you know, there's deadlines. And so to not shock people, you want to yeah. let them know what they're in for and give them that vision and that buy-in that way, you know, everything is just clear, yeah. right? They're totally. not coming into it blindly. And so, and all those other things like yeah. having those workflows, having that social media guide, um, the job descriptions, role descriptions, like have all that yes. in place. That way, when you start onboarding, those things, totally. they'll be cake. Like you'll already have those things set in place. And so I would say just lead out of a place as if you were not doing this Absolutely. by yourself. Uh, and I just, I feel prompted to, to say this right now. I, the, I was thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking the more complex, the better. I, I think uh, there's a way to onboard them and don't be afraid of like, wow, they are going to freak out when they see all this stuff. And, and by more complex, I mean co organized complexity, because I think sometimes when you join a team and you're like, wow, this team really does a lot of stuff. And I know that I am going to make a kingdom impact being on this team. And so the more yeah, complex, the more drawn out you can make your team, the, the, the more processes, the more documents, the more official, I guess is the word that I'm ultimately looking for, the more official you can make it the more attractive that is to a volunteer because I know what they're thinking because I've been there. Wow. My time is not going to be wasted on this team. Uh, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn something. Yeah. I'm going to be around highly capable professional people. And if there is somebody that's scared off by it, this is, I mean, sounds terrible. You don't want them anyways. Uh, th that's going to be a headache for you as a leader and it's not going to set them up well for success. And so don't be afraid of complexity. Uh, don't disguise that by being lazy. And then they come in and find out, wow, there should be more systems in place. This is a lot of stuff that's just randomly floating around. Um, make it complex, but make it intentionally complex so that there's worth associated with yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, I One final question, and then I want you to tell people where they can connect with you. And this might lead uh, to where they can connect with you. What is your favorite social media platform right now in October of 2021? My favorite social media platform. It is Instagram. I love Instagram. I can't get away yeah. from it. Like, you know, I know it like changes every single day, but it's just like, it's just still my favorite. I love photography. Yeah. I love videos. And so, um, I, I, okay. Yeah, I, I, I lied. One more question <laughs> off of that. The most used feature okay. for you on Instagram is what, is it reels? Is it stories? Is it just straight posts with a nice caption uh what what's the most used feature maybe it's boomerang uh, or filters yeah i guess uh, yes, personally. personally i probably just do more images more than anything um but then i have like this passion 
project ministry thing that I'm doing and I'm loving like doing reels on it. And when reels first came out and we talked about me doing it for Sunday social, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want to do the pointy little thing. I don't want to dance. And then like, as I continue to do it, like they somehow work and people love them. And so I actually like really love making reels now. It's like really fun for me to research. And that, all of that's really funny. Stuff. And that's yeah. so great. Uh, it's, it speaks to, it, it seems like you've had a journey of being called to do certain things and your initial reaction is what? And then you end up being really great at it. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, uh, Brianna, for your time and for just spending here, uh, some time with us for pouring into us, uh, for contributing to the conference. Um, if you, oh, I didn't let you answer. Where can people connect with you? Because I know at the end of this podcast, if you are still listening, you are looking to get connected. If you haven't searched her already uh, on Instagram, what are the best places to connect with you to see what you're up to, to even maybe become a part of some of the things that you're doing? Maybe there's a, there's somebody who wants to join Sunday Social, uh, the community there. Um, yeah, just let us know the best places to, co to connect with you. Yeah. So personally, uh, just Brianna Zananieri at Brianna Zananieri, um, Sunday social, that is really where I do a lot of, um, answering questions about social media. So, uh, just follow us at sundaysocial.tv. And, um, I promise you, if you send us a message and you have a question, like we will answer it. That's one of our favorite things to do is equip yeah. people to be successful, um, in communicating with their congregation and church members. So you can definitely find us there. Um, if you're someone who, uh, is a one person team right now, don't have a graphic designer, I would highly look in to Sunday mm -hmm. social, uh, Sunday social as well. It's very affordable. We have stock photography. Um, I work with this team. And so I know just how much intentionality goes into everything that we do. And then for all the girls, um, I my passion project is called Finding the Good series. And I interview women who come on and just share testimony, testimonies of God's goodness. And I never get tired of hearing those stories. So if you want to follow along or maybe share your own story, uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at Finding the wow, Good series. That's great. Uh, yes. And there may be things that she forgot to mention in this podcast that she remembered that will be in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show notes of this episode, wherever you're listening. This is also a great time to hit subscribe, leave a review. That way you get notified every single time we come out with more content and your review helps other people like yourself that are benefiting from these conversations grow on social media. I love that we're talking about Sunday social. Nils and I are huge proponents of Sunday social. Uh, and some of you might be smart enough to be thinking, well, Aaron, isn't that like a direct competitor of the what you just created with uh, Social Media Church Partners? Uh, maybe, but we care and the guests that we have <laughs> on this podcast care more about the Great Commission than anything. And so we are all about your church and your ministry, finding the things that work so that the message of the gospel can get amplified all around the world. And specifically in our context, we talk about how you can do that on social media. So if you're uh, looking to figure out what works best for you, go check out Sunday Social. You can also check out what we have and what we're working on our young community uh, at socialmedia.church slash partners. Uh, again, hit subscribe, write a review, share this podcast with somebody else that needs to hear about building volunteer teams so that, again, we can spread the gospel all around the world. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, connect with us. Connect with me. Uh, always ask questions on Twitter, Instagram, DM us, whatever. That makes these podcasts better. Uh, Brianna, thank you again for being here. And until next time, everybody, uh, this is the Social Media Church Podcast. And my name is Aaron Magnuson.